Welcome to the Litigation Finance Podcast. I'm your host, John Freund. This podcast is brought to you by the Litigation Finance Journal, the only dedicated news source to the litigation finance industry. Please visit www.litigationfinancejournal.com. Our guest today is Steve Nover, President and CEO of Consumer Attorney Marketing Group, or CAMG. CAMG specializes in marketing services for legal services companies by developing and applying cutting-edge technology to provide efficiency in marketing campaigns. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, we get to focus on mass torts today, which is great. Um, a lot of interest amongst our audience in the mass torts sector for obvious reasons. Let's have you just start with a broad overview here. Uh, which torts are most popular right now and why? How can law firms and funders project costs and ROI? Uh, and how does the marketing function come into play? Yeah, good. Uh, lots of big questions. So happy to, happy to go through all of them. So the broad overview, um, it's, it's interesting. Um, we've been doing this now almost 15 years, and, uh, and, and the secret of mass torts delivering back a pretty significant ROI, you know, is not the secret anymore. Is not a secret anymore. So, I call it smart money, but smarter capital funders, hedge funds, litigation finance companies um, have have been entering and are entering the space at a pace like we have never seen. You know, five or ten years ago, we never saw, and that's because you know, the return on mass torts isn't tied to interest rates or the stock market. Um, and, and with a diversified portfolio, the returns can be significant. And so, yes, yeah, so we put together a program to help the funders directly just go direct to the best firms in the country, depending on which torts they're interested in. And so, so the broad overview is, you know, mass torts uh, are an interesting investment. Litigation finance companies, you know, traditionally have gone to originators that then work with what I call a handling firm or the firms that really are litigating and in leadership, like really handling that particular tort. And the trend now has been these, you know, funding companies going direct, right? And so going direct to the handling firms, you know, uh, sort of removing the originator in the middle who takes a piece of the equity. And, and, and that program I can talk a lot, a lot more about. Um, you brought up which torts are interesting, you know, and, and that changes over time. Right now, Camp Lejeune, which I'm sure you're familiar with, um, has been going on for a little while. There's an article, I think, um, Bloomberg or New York Times came out a month ago and talked about how many billions have already been spent on it. Um, and it was just craziness. Now it's a little more predictable. And so so if if uh, if your listeners are interested in Camp Lejeune, it's actually a really a really good time to be out acquiring cases because the costs to get them now are quite predictable, and we know the metrics behind, which are uh, the injuries, what they consider tier one, tier two, and so all the details behind uh, a Camp Lejeune campaign um, are easy for us to share. And the costs we think they model out right now for the funders because we do this all the time. So the the costs of getting the cases, the percentage of the, litig- the the injuries that are looked at as probably the most valuable, which are the tier ones, um, are still over 50% of what we're originating, helping firms get. So Campbell June's one, PFAS, the forever chemical PFAS is quite interesting. They settled a couple months ago. Uh, DuPont, 3M, and a few other defendants settled the water company side for, I think, about $14 billion. Um, which is money that's going to have to go to the water companies all over the country to help change their equipment to filter out these chemicals. The the settlement that hasn't happened yet is the personal injury side. Uh, that's being negotiated and worked on it. You know, now we, we know this. And so the interest in picking up cases of personal injury, so and that's mostly cancers and some other injuries, 
for um, for people all over the country that have either lived in contaminated areas and, and, and then they've moved. So now I think the contaminations are all over the country. If 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 we as just you know consumers in our country go take a blood test, uh, the EPA has a level of of PFAS that's acceptable. And we would, I think like 90, I think there's research out that says like 90% of us would test higher, which is just terrible. So there's the PFAS is really interesting, especially because of the timing. Uh, and then there's, there's torts like uh, CPAP, which is a breathing device. Phillips is a defendant. Talcum powder is still probably one of the most interesting. Um, the bankruptcy idea just got tossed out again. So Johnson & Johnson, uh, everybody knows there's, there's discussions about settlements, which is why they wanted to go into the bankruptcy. So that one still models out cost effectively. So there's quite a few torts. It, it, I'll, I'll tell you, it depends, you know, investors, funds, you know, look at it like um, if you break them into three categories, right? There's mature sort of right in the middle and early stage. And that has a lot to do with the settlement time that you can predict, right? Is it going to be three years, four years, five years? Is it going to settle potentially next year? And so we usually break torts out into, you know, these early, mid or late stage because it's a, interesting way to go build um, build up cases depending upon the timing that a fund or an investor would be looking at. So so there's a lot of torts. I hope that answers that question, but there's quite a few, you know, there's not dozens, but there's quite a few that I think, um, you know, can easily fill up a portfolio of diversified torts. Sure. Yeah. And, and you mentioned smart money coming into the sector. Um, can you unpack this a little bit for us? Who are you seeing? Yeah, well, when, when, well, so we're seeing, you know, some well-known, some not so, no, some not well-known, um, not so well-known um, funds. Some of the more, you know, some of the more co- more more well-known litigation funding companies um, that are comfortable with mass torts, right, as an investment, and comfortable with non-recourse financing, right. So if they're already dealing with law firms historically and putting money out and securing it against the inventory uh, in a non-recourse way, then that capital now is going direct to the biggest you know, litigation threats in the country, the best firms in the country, depending on the tort. And, and that's where you know, our program, we started almost three years ago. And that's really creating joint ventures where we are help originate the cases very safely. When I say that, because ethics and, and origination are a really big topic lately. Um, and we build uh, after modeling and modeling fallout, which I can talk a little more about, but how do you really predict costs? And does that model out you know, when you look at potential settlement ranges? Right. And then you split equity. Does that model out to make sense for the investors, the funds? And right now, most of them do uh, with a pretty high return. And so we build those cases depending on capital spend. It could be a million or five million or 20 or 30 or 50 a year. Uh, it just depends on the fund's appetite and if they want to diversify. And we put those cases, we introduce them. So they're partnering with literally the best firms in the country. That, that direct program has has taken like a life of its own and really taken over most of what we do in our company. Um, and so we work closely, you know, they're, they're leveraging the goodwill we have with some of these really, you know, um, larger, more credible firms that are these big litigation threats. They're the first ones that are, that are taken out, right? If there's a settlement being negotiated, first thing the defendant's going to do, at least historically in the last few years is try and negotiate and take out the biggest threats for trial and litigations. And so, it can't hurt. It's it, it's it's really a smart move to put the cases with the firms that are involved, really involved in the litigation and and our litigators. 
So the smart money, that, so that's what we mean by smart money. It doesn't mean that when law firms come to us and, get, and they want cases, that's not, that's not you know, dumb money or not smart money, however you want to look at it. It's just um, sophisticated money is maybe a better word. And that's really the way the funds operate and hedge funds. Um, you know, it's just a different level. So the modeling we have to do, the metrics we supply, the history of the case, all that, you know, that they'll spend, as you can imagine, a lot of time before that goes to an investment committee to be approved. And then the capital deployment is pretty significant. So that's the big, that's a big change in our business, for sure. Yeah. And so then uh, what capital structures are you seeing in the mass towards space overall? And which ones would you say work better for litigation funders specifically? Yeah. And, and that's a big topic. Um, of course, the Arizona firm and the, the, and the ABS created has given um, one easy solution for a, a firm that's not a law firm, a funding company, you know, inside or outside the U.S. Uh, can work with an Arizona firm, and, and it takes away a lot of, of issues or questions about sharing fees with non-lawyers, with non-law, you know, not with a law firm. But there's, there's a couple uh, really well-known ethics lawyers that deal with structure and ethics in the funding space, and 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 their fans, if not an Arizona firm, the most popular structure is the prepaid forward agreement. And so the prepaid forward agreement with some kind of cap on the return, and it can be a pretty lucrative cap, but some kind of cap on the return has made it through the ethics folks and 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 states for quite a while um, that that's a structure that can work. And so so with a prepaid forward agreement, it gives a funding company a chance to increase their their stake or their equity. Right. So instead of doing a financing deal for, you know, 15 or 20 percent or 25 percent or whatever interest rate they're going to get, um, they can actually take an equity position that looks more like a split with the handling firm, more like a 50 50 split, really. But 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 it's got to be contracted in a way that isn't fee sharing. And so there's a there's two or three structures that seem to be very common and uh, and don't create any issues or stomach aches with uh, the ethics lawyers. And so I'm happy to chat more about that if people want to know. But, but so the the issue today isn't structure; it's really just everything. And then structure becomes just a, a discussion with the right lawyers to figure out where the funding company's comfort zone is. Yeah. So then maybe what might be an issue, you know, Mastoris is kind of viewed as a little bit of a wild west space. Um, what would you say are the ethical issues that funders need to be aware of when they're investing in this space? That's a hot topic in the plaintiff lawyers conferences uh, i speak i don't know i'm gonna speak at 30 or 40 conferences a year and the first topic i always hit on and and always touch you know go into depending who we're talking to different topics around ethics is the ethics and origination so camp lejeune showed the the breakdown of ethics in in the mar in the marketing space in the legal industry for mass torts um and and the problem is and I don't know if I don't know if you've seen you know I get texts every day that tell me I've qualified for Camp Lejeune and there's you know seventy or eighty thousand dollars or some amount of money waiting for me which is all you know impossible and, and unethical there is no settlement yet there's no amount of money um, and the problem is these texts and these messages and this you know these these sort of I call them the, the rogue or wild west marketers are going to Congress right and so for the first time senate is watching congress is watching what we're doing and they're seeing just as just as much as i'm seeing it every day they're seeing it every day and it's creating a real issue as they're negotiating with the milli how this is going to settle what the fee is going to be for the plaintiff side and there's a lot of things that are still in the air and so um and it's not just camp lejeune but camp lejeune put a a little you know a real shiny 
you know, spot on, on our industry. And so um, when lawyers or outside funds or, you know, litigation finance companies want to use a program like we're describing or get cases, it's really important to understand the firm's origination process. And there's some transparency to how the cases originate, what um, disclosures were used, what state bar rules are being looked at as as it being applied to the campaign and are they being met? Have they seen the creative? Is there a marketing agreement in place? Um, is there TCPA, which are phone violations happening? There are some really big firms in our space that have been hit with TCPA violations, lawsuits filed in the last three months, two or three that are probably the anchors of our industry. And they didn't even know what they did or who they were working with that created the violation meaning they had to call their marketing partners and find out if the marketing partners were using other vendors that somewhere down that food chain it were, were, were doing, uh, you know, were practicing uh, non-legal or non-ethical phone, you know, it could be outbound dialing, it could be a bunch of things. And so, but the fishnet is, you know, as you know, lawyers, if there's a lawsuit, they're going to go after everybody. And so I've seen more market, more law firms be named in a lawsuit and have no idea what they did than ever before. And so lawyers, plaintiff firms are changing their agreements even to cover more of these violations and indemnifications and who's liable. And we're happy to do that, but than ever before. And so, so when anyone's going out to do, to do, you know, says, you know, if, um, if a fund says I want to go into Camp Lejeune and get, you know, a hundred or a thousand cases there, there's just, there's, there should be some pause and look at the company they're dealing with. And if the price seems too low and everything seems too good to be true, it probably is. And so I just always like to warn, you know, more of the law firms, but in this case for this podcast, it's even important for, for the funds. If they're active now, if they're even working with, um, with a law firm now in a much more traditional fashion financing mass torts, they still could be caught in that fish trap, you know, that fishnet. So, so understanding the marketing vendors and some transparency is just really important. So you're known as the mass tort whisperer. Uh, where does that moniker come from? And then how can you help litigation funders who are looking to finance mass torts? Yeah, that's funny play on words, right? But I've been called that for a few years. And I'll, I'll tell you why. So I, I think, I think you know, I, I think there's not a question. CMG, our, our agency, is probably the largest marketer in the space. We have almost 400 employees. There's eight divisions. We don't outsource anything. We originate ourselves, our call centers, our contracting center. We have a medical records business in Pensacola, Florida. Um, you know, so sort of soup to nuts from origination to getting contracts and fee agreements signed and long form questionnaires and the HIPAA and med record forms signed. All of it we do with our firms. And so, so it's pretty significant. And our infrastructure, I don't think it, I think it falls very quickly short on who's even close to sort of our size and structure and how we operate, the level of, of professionalism. So um, over the years, the, the firm, you know, larger, more credible firms um, that are in leadership um, have, have worked with us. And so there's a lot of goodwill and a really good relationship with us. So here's what happens, right? So when a new tort comes out or someone thinks they might be onto a brand new mass tort or there might be wind of a settlement or something really positive is happening in a litigation, those are all those are all events. They're milestones or events that cause marketing to increase, right? It's, it's the opportunities often um, folks listening are, 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 are looking for. Is there going to be a settlement soon? That, you know, that's the time to go in. Is there something going on that no one knows about? Is there a new tort? So all of those, usually we get, you know, I get a phone call, I get a text 
I get a late night call and we hear about them quickly because those firms want us to make a move or help them get cases or do something to help them. And so when, when the funds are in our program, right, then as soon as, you know, it's something that we are allowed to talk about, we're calling, you know, we're calling the funds that we're working with in our program and, and explaining the opportunity, which is really, really, really usually unique windows to leverage more information and data that normally you don't know with mass torts. And so, you know, often mass torts is like, you know, I hate to use the expression, but it's almost like, you know, it's insider trading, but it's not, it's legitimate public information trading, but, but we can actually make moves on it to help get cases, you know, at, at, a, at a time where it changes the probability and timing of the outcome. So we just hear about everything. I mean, almost everything, right? And that, and you can move on, on a lot of things you hear um, with direction on capital and originating cases, and those those equate to opportunities. So that's just that's that's why I have that little nickname sometimes, just the master whisperer. I think it's. Yeah, I like that nickname. So it helps get right to the point of kind of what it you know. I think it was Robert Redford that was the horse whisperer. I think as a dog owner, I was thinking of Cesar Milan, the dog whisperer. Yeah. Oh, that, you know what? Yeah, there's a horse whisperer, and you're right. He's the dog whisperer. So, you know, I don't know which one came first, but yes, I'll take that one too. But I mean, if you're, you know, if you're in the business of looking for investments in mass torts, then obviously, like, you know, you know, you would, you would, you're hoping to get those calls every once in a while and get some information you can make moves on. Like, it's just, you know, it's very helpful. So we're happy to be in that position. Yeah. And so, so final question is you've seen, uh, there has obviously been an evolution here as, uh, in terms of the relationship between litigation funding and the mass towards sector. How do you see that evolution progressing in the years ahead? Uh, how will the two industries play off each other over the coming years? Yeah, I think um, I touched, it's a great question. I touched on it earlier when we just started, but I, so part of the changes are, and we're watching it happening. It's like, I can see it. It seems like slow motion, but as time goes by, it's really not. And that is more and more, you know, finance fund companies, you know, the listeners to your podcast um, are going direct, right? They're going direct to originate cases. They're going direct with their capital and they're going direct to the, to the absolute best firms in the country and they want more equity in the cases. And so that's not changing. It's, you know, I, I don't think there's any way to track like enough data points on that to show how fast it's moving, but it's moving very quickly. Like that change is, is not a small change. It also changes the amount of cases that end up in a litigation. There's, you know, as an example, 3M, which just announced a very big settlement. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of cases. Um, and now there's some noise about the funding behind it. So there's, there's an aggressive move from outside capital to to be involved in, with non-recourse money in mass torts. If they do that for us, it's a, you know, for us, it's great because we're, it's hard for them to do it without somehow, you know, coming, you know, around or meeting or seeing us because of just our place in the industry. And so that's the biggest, that's the biggest move is, you know, the, if, if, when we started this company, you know, almost 15 years ago, the funding providers were not a class of customer for us. Right. They were supplying capital to law firms. We were dealing with law firms. So we knew that many of the cases we were, you know, many of the law firms we were working with had outside capital. That's not a new idea. But for us now to be talking to, you know, dozens of the litigation funders and even hedge funds and, 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 and finance groups that no one would ever you know, imagine 
are actually in our space. That's an, that that's new, and that's and that's in the earliest phases. You know, as much as I think now it's been going on for a couple of years, I think we're going to look back, you know, a decade from now, and we're this is just starting. Like the whole idea of funders, you know, going direct, building inventory, you know, actually creating their you know their their fund round two or round three, so it actually permits this kind of this kind of spend of capital is being, you know, is be, is happening more and more because we're involved in it. We're talking to investment committees. We're helping answer all the questions about data, trends, and metrics. So I think we, uh, you know, the, so for us, the relationship is going to be, um, you know, a lot closer, a lot more intimate, a lot more sharing of data. Um, and we're going to see a lot of funds going, you know, direct to do what I'm describing. So that's the change we see, the, the biggest change. That's really exciting stuff. Um, lot to look forward to. Yeah, it makes for exciting days. Yeah, there's not a lot of slow days these, these days. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on. Definitely, 100%. And uh, Steve, we really appreciate the, the deep dive here into Mass Torts. Uh, love covering this topic and definitely a lot of interest from our audience. So thank you so much for joining. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, and if you're interested in learning more about CAMG, you can visit them at their website, www.camginc.com. That's C-A-M-G-I-N-C.com. You can also email Steve directly at steve at camginc.com. Uh, and that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you on the next episode of the Litigation Finance Podcast.